Hello, I'm Paul Kitkat. And I'm Chalice Croke. This is the next podcast in our series, 168 Things We've Learned About Creative Marketing and We Think You'll Find Useful to Know. We're recording these in our home studios, so we are socially distant, but mentally present. Uh, please excuse any stray noises you might hear, given the setup that we're using, or any oddness in the sound quality. Okay, enjoy the podcast. Good afternoon, Chalice. Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm wonderful, thank you. So, um, today we're going to talk about a subject which is close to all of our hearts. Um, we're in a very challenging time in the world, but also in our industry. We've no idea what the next six months or a year are going to look like, but we do know that we're all facing some incredibly challenging times. And we will be faced with talking about all sorts of um, different business issues, but also we'll be definitely challenged with delivering bad news. And we've mm. been in this industry a very long time. Mm. Work, we've worked together in this industry and we've worked separately. And during that time, we've both had to deliver bad news. And there's a good way to do it and there's a bad way to do it. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, it's a sad fact that in a business that depends on clients' budgets and where salaries are really the biggest cost in the business mm. when you lose business or when it contracts that means jobs and mm. that means you need to talk to people about uh, whether or not they are going to continue to work for you mm. and it's horrible but it's it's something that both of us have had to do over the years mm. so in this context we're talking about how you deliver bad news to people in difficult times and in particular in marketing and advertising we know that spend is likely to be clipped and that means that businesses will be faced with some tough decisions and there'll be lots of conversations with people. Yeah that's right. So maybe we could start by talking about how not to do it because lots of people do this really badly. Mm. Well I can give you a good example of how not to do it. I um, had a friend that worked in an agency and she sat beside the MD of this agency. So she could see the emails that were coming in and one of the, um, one of the emails that came through was about um, making redundancies. And in that scenario, you would expect that the right thing um, would be to talk to people directly. But instead, this particular MD decided that what she would do is become more and more flustered during the course of the day. Hmm. Um, clearly, she didn't quite know how to deal with it. And then the course of action that she chose was to create an email. An email. An email. And furthermore, what she decided to do was broadcast the email at the end of the day. Right. To send it out when um, she was about to leave the office. And then not to come back to the office for a couple of days. So you can imagine how that went down. So she sent it, she wrote an email saying we're going to, some of you are going to lose your jobs, there are going to be redundancies, and then she left. Basically, yeah. But I will add, she um, was obviously not so sure about which way to play this. So there was a day of um, deliberation. But yes, effectively, she chose the route, which, in my opinion, is a very bad route to go down. So what would you tell her um, that she should have done? Well, as a business leader, she should have faced the people. Hmm. She should have um, 
been kind and respectful and she should have brought the people together and talked to them about it. Mm. Because where there's a human element, if you can show compassion and you can be human, usually people respect you for that and they accept the situation far easier than they would if there's an impersonal approach. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, um, anyone who's worked in this business for any length of time would have seen redundancies happening. So it's not like uh, it's unknown territory. Yeah, particularly in our business where often we are um, uh, we are beholden to budgets which could contract and expand. Mm. We're often upscaling and downscaling. So it's not unusual in marketing and advertising to have either been um, subjected to redundancy or been a threat of redundancy um, mm. and in all situations talking to people about it and showing them some compassion is by far the best way to go hiding behind emails is the complete opposite to the right approach in my opinion and I completely agree with you I mean salaries are the biggest cost in our business so inevitably that's where you end up having to make cuts mm. But the people that you, in the end, have to make redundant are, you will probably meet them again in your career because if you stay in the business long enough, that's what happens. Yes. And also they will talk about how they were treated. And so your reputation really depends on doing it well. Mm. And I should say that um, there are, there's a legal process. There is employment law, which is great and which protects people. And you have to stick to that. 100% but the mm. truth is you can stick to that process and still do it badly mm. so we're not talking about the legal process here but anyone can find out about that what we're talking about is the human dimension of communication mm. isn't it absolutely so give me an example of a good way to do it Paul you must have one or two up your sleeve yeah well unfortunately I do um not long after I became the executive creative director in my, my for the first time um we entered a recession and the agency lost some business and I foolishly went on holiday um, while there was a board meeting and I received a phone call or a message, I can't remember how it came through, telling me that they, the board had decided that there were going to be redundancies and that a lot of them would be in the creative department. And I thought, okay, I should not have missed that meeting, but I wasn't I was pretty green at the time. I was very new to the job. I didn't realise what was going to happen. But I thought, I'm not having this. I'm not having people made redundant in my absence. And I'm not having the managing director or, the, or even worse, the client services director deciding which creatives should be made redundant. So is that what happened? Decisions were made about who? Well, they tried to. And they, so I've, in the, this is prior to mobile phones. I remember standing in a phone box in Cornwall with a fistful of pound coins <laughs> and talking to the MD and saying to him, first of all, I will make a list of potential candidates for this. Yeah. Uh, that's my job. And I will be the person to talk to them, no one else, mm. when I come back. Mm. And I'm asking you to make sure that you can wait another week while I continue my holiday. And if you can't, mm. I'm going to come home now. Mm. And he... The idea of cutting short my holiday, he thought, was dreadful. And I said, but it's just a holiday and these are people's jobs. Mm. Um, anyway, he agreed to let me do it. and then I, But he said, you have to be fully prepared. So then I had a very long conversation with him going through the, the whole list. Mm. But I came back and day one back from my holiday, fantastic. I had to call in all the people on that list mm. and go through the procedure with them. 
But I was damned if I was going to do it by any other means than face to face because you have, this is, if you have been entrusted with leadership and you think you can be a leader, mm. you have to be able to look people in the eye and tell them bad news as well as good news. Mm. You can't just be the, the one with good news all the time. You have to face it. You have to man or woman up and do it. And that's how you get respect. So I did do that on that occasion. And I have, in the years since, met some of the people who went through that process with me. And I have not encountered any resentment. In fact, I've encountered somebody actually came to me often and said, that was just the kick up the pants I needed. Thank you. Mm. Which was not what I was expecting. But at least, you know, it was done with humanity. Mm. And we get lots of different reactions to these types of conversations, don't we? We do. Um, I want to talk, actually, I mean, I've talked about myself, but can I talk about Jeremy Shaw? Sure. Sure, sure. <laughs> Jeremy was my business partner, and he was your boss he was in our my, agency. the most wonderful boss of all times. Yes, he was. Yes. Um, let me do him the honour of talking about an amazing performance where... I was freelancing, before we founded Kit Kat nor Alexander Shaw, him being the Shaw, I was freelancing at an agency where he was the, um, I think he was actually a non-executive director. That agency went bust and it fell to Jeremy to be the person to tell the people that that had happened. And on the day that he told them, I was the only other person of any kind of seniority in the building. Even I was freelancing as a creative director. But I was there really just to support him because he had to do the most difficult thing. The staff came in to a meeting and what they were expecting was a, a, a sort of end of year celebration. And then they had written a pantomime that they were all going to perform and have some fun. And then they were all going to go down to a local pub and have the traditional agency Christmas party. So Get wasted. Absolutely. So they came into the room full of you know, excitement, Joy. very lively crowd. Mm. And Jeremy stood up and he, I think Jeremy would agree that he, he didn't enjoy public speaking, but he knew what he had to do. And he stood up and he said to them, um, well, you've all come here for the you know end of year meeting and I know you've prepared for the pantomime, but I'm afraid this is going to be a very different meeting from the one that you expect. And they hadn't, they didn't kind of realise at first what he was telling them. And he had a prepared presentation and he went through the first couple of slides and he explained to them about the financial circumstances. And as he began to do that from his tone, which was very straightforward, not emotional, very clear, he told them what had happened and you could feel the mood change in the room as they suddenly realised, uh-oh, mm -hmm. no pantomime, mm -hmm. this is very bad. And he told them the company had gone bust mm -hmm. and that they had all lost their jobs. And that although we were setting up a new company and that we were hoping to take on some of the clients, um, we wouldn't be able to take on all the staff because it was a, a very small amount of business that we were able to to salvage. Mm. Um, and But for the majority of them, it was the end of the road. He did it brilliantly. Mm. And of course they were upset and we then... He and I both went to the pub with them and they came up one by one to talk to us and ask questions. I didn't know much about it. I'd only been there two or three months and he knew everything and he could tell them 
some of what had gone on. Mm. But I thought about it afterwards and I thought that was the most brilliant performance. Mm. Um, just fantastic that he did that. And nobody could really complain afterwards mm. about it. I mean, they could complain they'd lost their jobs, um, but they could not say that he'd treated them badly because he hadn't. He'd been fair and he'd been honest and he'd been clear, mm. um, which is rare. It's remarkable. Mm. I've worked in um, a few agencies that have merged. Yes. And I've witnessed um, a few very good business leaders deliver that message. And yeah. it's, it's powerful because at that moment, usually people think they're going into a room to, just as Jeremy did, hear some good news or um, for a kind of routine meeting. And it's, it's a very difficult thing to do as a leader to deliver a message that you know is going to devastate people's ability to earn their career. And mergers can be um, as tricky as businesses closing altogether because there is often a question about who, who's, who's the chosen one, who's going to be lucky enough to go over, who's going to be made redundant. And there's an, an, that's another situation where being a good leader and being humane and being kind to people makes all the difference. Yeah. And I also um, remember Jeremy giving a staff meeting at Kit Kat Nor Alexander Shaw at the point where you were going to sell, you hadn't quite sold. Mm. So he was preempting that there was change afoot. And I think that human element and that kindness, you know, I've, I'm using the same words here, empathy, is um, the best approach. And we're going to be faced with, business leaders and individuals are going to be faced with some very challenging conversations over the next six months and a year. And... We hope that this podcast will give you some insight into how to do it and how not to do it. Yeah, I do hope so. I think we'll come back to the subject of good communication in business because we, 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 we've worked very hard at that in our agency. Um, but on this particular topic, the takeaway for everyone, uh, you know, we wish you luck if you've got to go through this awful process. Look people in the eye. Yeah. Be clear. Be honest. Be kind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Be a good leader. Yeah. Do it in a way that you can be proud of afterwards, where you can look at your you look yourself in the eye and think, "Yep, yeah, I did it. It was a difficult thing, but I did it to the best of my ability." Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank mm. you very much for today, Paul. It's a pleasure. Great. Thank you, Janice. Thank you everybody, thank for you listening, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. 168 Things We've Learned About Creative Marketing and We Think You'll Find Useful to Know is a series of podcasts created by Paul Kitkat and Chalice Croke. Production was by William Kitkat, who also wrote the theme music. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe. See you soon. Bye.